0: Are you that weirdo that goes to spooky places looking for ghosts? Well, good, because this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hi guys, welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany.
1: And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird. We are a podcast that gets together once a week, has cocktails and talks about weird shit. Exactly.
0: And we're currently remote recording over Skype. So we have two different cocktails. Like last episode, you get a twofer. So I'm drinking a strawberry lemon and fresh cracked pepper vodka tonic. It seems like a lot. Super easy. You probably have all the ingredients in your pantry. It's
1: delicious. It sounds really good. That's my Flavor Profile. I love that. I am drinking an Elderflower Gin and Tonic with Empress Gin. So it's beautiful and delicious.
0: Oh, I love Empress Gin. It's such a beautiful color.
1: And as always, we'll have
0: both of those pictures of our cocktails and the recipes on our social media, Instagram, and Twitter. So if you're interested in those, check those out. They're delicious. We post them every week. So if you are into cocktails or into spooky stuff, give us a follow, Instagram or Twitter. Happy Hour Gets Weird. So this week, we decided to get a little spooky and we're going to talk ghost stories. But I want to mention something before we get into our story. If you like ghost story podcasts or paranormal history podcasts, I have a couple to recommend that we personally enjoy and that we are friends with the host as well. So we get like double The pleasure. I don't. Okay. I'll just (laughs) anyway. Okay. Uh, So the first one is mission spooky and Kiki and JC talk about all things spooky, mostly in Pennsylvania, but they have started branching out and doing a highlighting uh, each state that they have listeners in. So that's been a really cool series. We have paranormal burrito. And he is a wonderful host and he does, well, before COVID-19, he went on location and would record. Um, So that's pretty cool. And lastly, we have History of a Haunting. Carrie and Archie really get into the history of hauntings and it's super interesting. So check those out if you're into the paranormal or
1: ghost stories. uh, You won't be disappointed. Definitely check them out. And we also have a promo from another podcast that we love and we are going to play it now. Hey there, fellow pod people. I'm Erin. And I'm Heather. And we are the creators of That Would Go Good With Vodka. Because everything goes good with vodka, including murder, mystery, mayhem, and a spatter of inappropriate humor. This is your personal invitation to join us as we deliver to you some of the darkest and most blood-curdling crimes that will keep you up all night hoping for daylight. We love our home state of Michigan and like to stay close to home, but we also enjoy traveling, so we will be telling stories from all over the world. That Would Go Good With Vodka is a weekly podcast. Tune in on Fridays for a fresh episode. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Or you can visit our social media on Facebook, and Instagram, and Twitter. Join us on Fridays because I'm funny and I know things. All right, guys. So definitely check out all of those great podcasts. Um, Before we get into our individual stories, I wanted to tell you, listener Aunt Cassie, I put out a little poll on Twitter. I'm obsessed with doing the polls. Everybody on Twitter probably hates me. (laughs) (laughs) When I found out we were doing a ghost story or ghost stories, I asked my Twitter friends, do you believe in ghosts? That was the question. And 58% said yes. Honestly, knowing our friends, I kind of thought it was going to be higher but i i think that that's still a good number more than half
0: yeah that is more than half i mean uh 58% that's not bad i thought it would be higher too
1: just because of who our friends are not be not like based on general population or anything well i feel like
0: 75% of the general population believes in ghosts right i don't know there's a
1: lot of paranormal shows out there's a lot of uh, you know, movies and books about ghosts, paranormal activity. I don't know if everybody that ingests that content, like actually believes in it, or if it's just entertainment for them. Yeah. For me, I personally believe in ghosts, but even the stuff that I see on TV, I only believe half of the stuff that I see on TV. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? I believe in everything. It's terrifying. I don't (laughs) I don't recommend believing in as much shit as I do. You will never sleep again. (laughs) And Cassie, you believe in ghosts. Yes. So we're two believers. Okay, so I will go first because my story is very, very short. Very short and sweet. And then you are going to tell your story and I'm here for it. So my dad used to work at a rice mill. And somebody who was doing the night guard duty there saw a spirit. It's pretty cool. And he for some odd reason wrote it in the log book, <laughs> which I don't think that ghost encounters are the point of the log book, but I'm here for it and I love this guy for writing this down. 42199. 9:22 p.m. Everything has been quiet till the last walk around. The warehouse area just past CR tank, a person or object, I don't really know, abnormal behavior, I guess. This was my first ghost sighting. The person or object stood there for about 30 seconds, then vanished into the wall. My first thought was to call Frank or Steve, but thought better of it till I slept on it. So it it goes on a little bit after that, but it's nothing else about the ghost. So he just wrote kind of a, a brief description of what happened. But the following day at work, when his boss, Steve, came in, the night guard told him what happened. He said that he saw a figure, transparent, wearing old-style clothes, like 20s, 40s-style clothes with a big mustache, like an old-timey barber look. He saw him standing in front of a cinder block wall, and the guy said at first he thought that somebody was shining a projector onto the wall because that's how it looked to him. And he looked around to see if anyone was around, I guess, pranking him. Apparently, this guy was used to having very... In-depth pranks, I don't know. But he looked around to see if anybody else was there. Nobody was around, and then he watched the ghostly figure walk into the wall and disappear. My dad brought home the logbook like two days later, so he's had it since 1999, apparently. <laughs> in his in his collection of uh, I don't know, <laughs> borrowed things. I don't know why. I don't know why he took it. I think it's kind of funny, but. That was the only time that that happened there. It was just kind of a one-off and I thought it was really fascinating. I did try to research the area to see if I could find anything, find any information. Nothing really came up about it. Um, it's a really small town that this mill was in. So the history of the town is, is not super in depth, but I just thought it was a cool story. And I thought that it was kind of funny that the guy shared it with everybody that he worked with when he hadn't worked there that long. And I don't know, I just thought it was interesting and cool. And a little unusual that it was a one-off. I feel like usually when you see something that clear, it's not something that just happens one time.
0: Well, I think what's interesting about his entry in the log is he specifically says, this is my first time seeing a ghost. So, but is it his first time in life or it's first time seeing one there? Like maybe there had been rumors going around that people, other people had seen a ghost and this was his first time seeing a ghost there in that specific spot.
1: From the way it was worded, I think that was his first time he'd ever seen a ghost himself personally. And from talking to my dad, he didn't say that there were any other sightings there. He worked there oh, okay. for like nine years. Okay. And he had never seen this apparition, never showed itself again. Okay. So it's interesting. It makes me think, you know, usually we think of ghosts tied to a location, mm-hmm. but perhaps not always or maybe it had something to do with the guard maybe it had nothing to do with the place itself i don't know it's pretty interesting maybe. It's pretty cool
0: that, that is so cool are you going to read the phone part cuz i thought that was kind of cool
1: oh he just he just mentioned that the phone had also rang every night at 10:15 and no one had ever been on the phone was like another little thing that he added at the end which is i don't know i mean i, I mean, don't know if that could be attributed to something paranormal or like in 99, we were still pranking people. I don't know. Did you ever I'm, prank people in, when you were a kid? We did.
0: Like yeah, constantly. of course. Of course I did. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty, I don't know. Every night at the same time and he, he answers it and no one's there. I mean, that's yeah, a little
1: unusual. When I looked, when I was trying to research it, I was really hoping that it was like, and the barber died at ten fifteen. <laughs> But I didn't find that. That was just wishful well, thinking, I guess.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was a wonderful little story. Thanks for sharing. And thank you to your dad for stealing that log.
1: Thanks, dad, for stealing this notebook from work. <laughs> keeping it for all these years. <laughs> okay, I'm so ready for your story.
0: Now, to say this story is a little too close to home is an understatement uh, for me. But we decided to stick to Northern California this episode. Mm-hmm. So I am going to cover the haunting accounts of Empire Mine in Grass Valley, California.
1: Okay. I've been there and I've been to your house and this is how bad my sense of direction is. I did not realize that they were that close together.
0: They're extremely close to each other.
1: Yeah. I'm a loser. <laughs> I don't, I have no sense of direction whatsoever. It's bad. <laughs> It is really bad.
0: So when we talked about doing this episode, I immediately thought, you know, cause I go to empire Mine all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's beautiful and it's a blade. Mm-hmm. Great. It's a great place to, it's a great contained place to walk around with the kids. Um, it's so, so pretty. Yeah. It's nice. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to talk to the park rangers and kind of, you know, be that lady who's like, have you seen any ghosts or do you have any spooky stories? Well, then covid-19 descended upon us and we're shelter in place the state parks closed therefore could not get into empire mines so i had to do what research i could on the internet so this is this is what i came up with and it's actually quite interesting so, I, I found a uh, blog. It's called HMB, Horror Movie Blog. And they had one of their um, researchers, paranormal researchers, go to Empire Mine and do a little bit of research. And he also gathered some stories while he was there.
1: We should totally try to do this after this is all over. We should go there and, and be the ghost ladies that say, Excuse me, seen anything while you were here? <laughs> I am totally down for that. All right. On our list, we have a big, me and Cassie have a big checklist of, (laughs) we've already said, we need to go here. We need to go there. We are ready.
0: (laughs) We had a ton of stuff planned for summer 2020 and it's looking a little dismal. So my source for the actual haunting accounts is horror movies blog but I also went to the um, California state parks website and I looked, I um, got my hands on the empire mind brochure that they give out at the park. They have Mm -hmm. digitized it. So I use that as a source. Um, And it's pretty interesting. Let me tell you. Okay. I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. So Let's get started. Let me ruffle some papers here <laughs> just to let you know that I am ready to get down to business. All right. So empire mine, for those of you not familiar with Northern California or California in general, uh, Sacramento is the capital of California and empire mines located about 50 miles from Sacramento in the Sierra Nevada mountains. And that's like the big mountain range in California. It's considered, I'd say it's a little bit more than higher than the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas, but I would say, I I would say high foothills of Sierra Nevada. Gold was discovered in 1848 in California and by 1849, people flocked to Northern California, tens and thousands of people, and they actually were named 49ers, Okay, so that's where the 49ers name came from, actually. (laughs) I had to Google why they were called 49ers.
1: You really didn't know that? No. I love you. You're my best friend.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm not a football fan, so I wouldn't, I don't know. But I didn't know the specific dates of the gold rush in Northern California. So, but once I saw That's it, literally
1: was, the only reason why I know the specific dates.
0: <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So I was like, Oh, 49ers makes sense. You know, the local football, high school football team, they're the 49ers too. Uh, or the, the high school mascot is a 49er. So, and these tens of thousands of people, like I said, flock to Northern California, um, Nevada city, grass Valley, Area once um, someone discovered gold and it kind of became booming. And they came from all over the world. Uh, people from England, Chinese people came here. But that wasn't the beginning of the history of the gold mining town in Grass Valley. For 10,000 years before that, Native Americans called the Nisanan people lived in this area, which uh, sadly, I think um, a lot of people are forgetting about the native Americans that inhabit the land that we live on now that had previously inhabited it just because their number, number once the white settlers came here, their numbers just like vanished because of settling and diseases. And so I I think that it's important for us to remember the history of Northern California past the gold rush.
1: Definitely. And you're right. Nobody ever mentions the Native Americans. Did they uh, find gold or use gold? The, actually, that is a really good question
0: because the Nisanon people had a warning against gold in their culture that it would make you sick. It, you would come down with a fever that you couldn't get rid of. So they stayed away from gold. Oh, like greed. Right. Isn't it? It's a little ironic. Don't you think?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) that is fascinating. And I did not know that about the Native American tribes. So thank you for sharing that with
0: me. You're welcome. So before the gold rush, the Nisenan people lived throughout these foothills, Grass Valley, Nevada City. They actually, there was 13 tribes, roughly 13 tribes um, of the sovereign nation. And they were spread out all the way from Nevada City to Sacramento even. So when the gold rush came, it was not good f- for the natives. In Nevada City and Grass Valley specifically, So the gold rush started in 1849, 1850 in Grass Valley, and they started um, mining the land. The mine wasn't exactly built then, but when I started to research this, I was thinking, okay, hauntings, because mining is a very dangerous job. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you're in very deep, Caverns under the ground. You have limited oxygen. There's so many things that could go wrong. So I thought hauntings must be like miners that had passed away while mining.
1: That makes sense. But the,
0: but the more I researched it, there was a lot more Native American deaths in this area than there ever was minor deaths. Okay. Yeah. I and I I I didn't know. Um, so in 1850 the gold rush started up here within 2 years half of the roughly 8,000 native american population had deceased from smallpox measles uh different diseases that just they didn't have an immunity to oh
1: my so, god that is so devastating it, it is. just like gave and me chills
0: your chills gave me chills because <laughs> i just got chills
1: <laughs> okay tr-
0: it's truly terrible. It's it's very sad. And, you know, I, I was watching some, um, while I was doing research, and I and you think about the gold rush, and you think about Manifest Destiny, and you think about all these, like, ideals that people had coming to the gold rush, but though the the truly darkest stories of humanity get lost within those, the genocide of the native population and how they were so poorly treated and just their population was... Almost, it was almost complete genocide because of these diseases, and it's 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 really sad. So, the mine itself was built in 1860. It changed in the 1860s. It changed multiple hands over the years, and there were. I would want to estimate because it didn't say anywhere online. I don't know the exact number of deaths of miners working the mine, but there what I would want to say there was last time I went, I I was reading a placard and I want to say it was nine um, within a certain number of years. So there were deaths in the mines. The men worked under extreme, like I said, extremely dangerous conditions. There was bound to be deaths. It was a, a very dangerous job.
1: I'm surprised that the number was even that low. Actually. I thought so too, but I think that empire mine
0: was a very, as far as mines go, it was a very, it was a huge mine. It, in the time that it was operating, it operated for 100 years from 18, uh, I wanna say 1850 to about 1950. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was officially closed down because the mining just wasn't profitable. The amount of money mm-hmm. they were putting into the mining wasn't bringing um, as much gold. But when it was fully operational, They, at one point, or maybe uh, uh, accumulatively, they mined, in today's money, $8 million worth of gold out of Empire Mine. But after they started moving in and building the mine and it's spreading out, um, they started to use the land and take the land for more and more mining um, and which caused, you know, the lack of resources for the natives living there, which caused more deaths due to starvation and lack of resources. So there was even more native American deaths. And by 1867 out of that eight, 8,000 Nisanon native Americans, 500 were left. My God. By 1905, a census was done. 84 natives were left. <gasps> and by 1934, 18 natives were left. So I watched uh, um, an interview of one of the Native American council members that she did in in 2018 to a local radio station in out of Auburn, I believe the radio station or the shows is called Gold Rush. I believe um, she said as of 2018 there was a hundred natives left. So they are building their numbers. They are um, a wonderful, seem like a wonderful people. And I am lucky to live in their community, I think. What I am getting to is, I think there's a lot more Native American hauntings at Empire Mine than actual hauntings from the miners. That makes sense. Could I have bought a house on Native American burial grounds? Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Well, I hope not, not even for your sake, but for the sake of the souls buried there, I hope that your house is just on dirt and not on somebody's grave because that's awful.
0: Yeah. So I don't think we're on burial. I mean, I, this whole area, I think, is burial grounds. I mean, eight 8,000 Native Americans down to 18.
1: So sad. And it's, like, honestly, mind-boggling to think that.
0: Uh, yeah. And I... I I know it sounds like a, you know, oh, this isn't like a typical ghost haunting episode, but I really thought it was important to mention that a lot of the people that lived here for tens of thousands of years before the gold rush had a voice because a lot of probably the hauntings in this area are Native Americans. I think that it is very important that you brought that up. Okay, so now I'm going to get into the actual hauntings. Or the sightings, which is the, you know, the spooky part. This article on HMB was written by Paul Roberts, and he just wanted to say, quote, just to let you know, this mine is very haunted, end quote.
1: I'm ready. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Okay. So he talked to
0: tourists, and he also had some experiences himself um so i'm going to just go over those and i have a twist at the end for you specifically you're going to be excited okay okay so a tourist was walking the trails. Now, just to kind of explain what Empire Mine looks like, there's the main Empire Mine that has the main house and the cottage and what was the old mine. Those things were all built in the late 1800s. Some of them have been destroyed or dismantled. Some of them have burnt down. Some of them are still standing. So it's very old buildings, very old grounds. There's gotta be residual energies there. So the inside of the grounds have trails. And also there's about, oh gosh, I don't want to guess, but I didn't write it down. I want to say there's about 800 acres uh, maintained by okay. the state of Empire Mines. So some of those are in the walls of the mine itself. And some of those are in the what they call the back country of the mine, which I live by the, uh, in the back country of the mine. Okay. So a tourist was walking within the walls of the mine And uh, in front of her on the trail, she saw what appeared to be a man dressed in old-time clothing. It was slightly tethered. He looked raggedy, and he was carrying a a pickaxe, and he was swinging the pickaxe on the rocks beside the trail. And she looked ahead, and she thought maybe there was some kind of – reenaction thing going on at the empire Mm -hmm. Mine. they do that sometimes but when he went to swing the pickaxe it wasn't making a sound when it looked like he was (gasps) contacting with the rock oh my god okay so she yelled out to the man did you find any gold and he looked up at her and then vanished oh my gosh
1: I know. You would think it was a reenactment. You would totally think it was just somebody in costume if you were by the mine. That's so creepy. Okay, and they do that quite often.
0: They have events where they're like period dressed. Yeah. Oh
1: my god.
0: Um. Okay. So, she was terrified. She was uh, panicked when she realized. Okay, that wasn't a reenactment. That wasn't someone playing a role. (laughs) That was an actual ghost. There is a trail. It's called Indian Ridge Trail, and I walk on this trail all the time.
1: and well, You better have your camera ready then. <laughs> I will now.
0: So uh, I didn't know this, but it's called Indian Ridge Trail because it was the trail that the Nisanon uh, natives would take from one part of their territory to their other part of their territory. So there was another tourist walking, or just, I don't know if it was a tourist, it doesn't say, um, someone walking on this trail. And once again on the trail... They saw a Native American man, shirtless, and he had a red band around his forehead. And it, it looked to be like either a red uh, bow band or mm-hmm. a red headband. He had long black hair and it was braided to about his waist. And then he was there one second and gone the next. And you seriously was- better get a picture of this guy. I'm like, am I going to go on that trail again?
1: (laughs) Probably not. You are at night. At night with a video camera.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. Now there's been a ton of reports of orbs in pictures, um, fuzzy mists taken in tourist pictures. I couldn't find any, but Paul Roberts reported that when he was here, he talked to people working at the park and he, they told him of, uh, of misty photos, and actually, even even other paranormal groups have gone to Empire Mine, and they have captured mists or orbs in their in their photos around the park. Now, I bet you didn't think aliens were going to play into this episode.
1: I'm so excited and scared.
0: So, Paul Roberts, this paranormal genius,
1: mm-hmm. found
0: a MUFON report. <gasps> okay, based. Out of Empire Mine. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read this so I get it accurate. And this is a quote from the MUFON report. That's At 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, May 28, 2016, <gasps> the witness noticed an object while standing on his deck where it appeared as a small dot in the sky. Moving upward from east to south, it later changed direction, stopping completely before moving up over a cloud, after which it slowly faded from sight. During the event, which lasted about seven minutes, he called for his roommate to get a camera, and they took five photographs. Seven minutes is such a long time. I know. Strangely, however, when viewing the photographs, the object appears differently in each one. (sighs) In the first, the object appears very solid, though in another, it looks almost like an orb. The final image, strangest of all, shows it as a golden bell-shaped object with smaller spheres at its bottom. To the naked eye, says a witness, the object appeared spherical and reflective, though it would seemingly dim at times. It did not, however, give off its own light. So there was uh so th- basically that was the Mufon report that was the mm-hmm. the Mufon so report. So weird. I know. And then there was a report of a green orb that was bouncing in between the trees um about the size of a basketball and a paranormal investigator by the name of Michael came to Empire Mine. He doesn't he didn't get any UFO evidence but he did get two class A EVPs. One was of a male voice saying, get away from there. Oh my gosh. And another male voice saying, not today, not today.
1: What? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I just say this? Some people believe that the phenomena of UFOs and ghosts are actually the same dimension. So they're linked. There is a large group of people that believe that that the that when you see a UFO or when you see a ghost, it's not coming from like the UFO isn't coming from a different area in our space as we know it, but coming from another dimension which is a sa- the same dimension where spirits would be so people that subscribe to this idea, the idea that the mine would have both of these paranormal activities happening there. That, that just makes sense. That just kind of reinforces that idea that UFOs ghosts, all of it is sort of all interlinked, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. And I'm literally living less than a mile from a paranormal (laughs) fucking hotspot.
1: This is my dream. I'm, I, I already loved your house and now I am moving into the garage. (laughs) Get ready.
0: I'm glad that you brought up the idea of being these like interdimensional ideas mm-hmm. uh, or, or beans, because what goes along with interdimensional beings as of recently caves, what the fuck don't, is a mine?
1: Don't do it to me. Oh no. You know, I fucking hate caves and you're right. A mine is just a man-made cave. <gasps> exactly. So that's what I'm working with. That's your backyard. Yeah, pretty much. And there's so many disappearances that happen around cave areas. Mm-hmm. If you go online for any sort of a minute, the next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole where disappearances, UFO sightings all happen around cave, around caves. Have yeah. you seen this? Have you seen these maps? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. no,
0: We watched that... Um... We're going to do a shout-out to that show that we watched a couple months ago, um, Hellier.
1: Yes, we love Hellier,
0: obviously. And they talk about caves and the extraterrestrial and the paranormal synchronicities and the interdimensional possibilities. And they're all kind of centered around caves. And um, it's all really, really fascinating stuff. And turns out I live next to a hotspot. So...
1: Also on the last um, podcast of uh, Aliens Like Us, Mm -hmm. Reese Darby and Buttons interview a man who subscribes to the belief that aliens and ghosts are from the same dimension and that he has had contact with them multiple times. So if you're interested in what we're talking about now, you should definitely check that out. It's, I don't know, it kind of makes sense when we talked about our, um, when we did our, What episode was it? Was it our aliens episode or a ghost episode? We have touched on this before how a lot of the same sort of if you're living in a situation where you have these certain things happening to you, it could either be related to one or the other. Right. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of the symptoms of a haunting and symptoms of an abduction are the same symptoms, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a reason why it's the same symptoms. Mm hmm. Great. It's because it's kind of all connected. Are you yeah. so scared? You're never going to sleep again. <laughs> I wish I would de-
0: I wish I would have done this episode before I bought this place. <laughs> um it's but you know what I, I, I um Oh, I did manage to get, it was super foggy like three days ago here. And I thought, wow, this is like the perfect atmosphere to capture some pictures of Empire Mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did get a couple pictures of the trail that we normally walk. And I got pictures of what I could from outside of the walls of Empire Mine. Mm-hmm. So I'll, po- I'll just do I just, I just popped this popped into my mind, but I will post those on Instagram.
1: Another one, Bigfoot. Are Bigfoot sightings popular in your area? I haven't researched that yet.
0: I haven't heard of anything. However, one of my neighbors does have a Bigfoot sticker on the back of their car.
1: So we should probably start by interviewing your neighbor. Maybe. (laughs) Um, Well, maybe, uh, maybe we need to revisit Bigfoot.
0: I think too. I think we do. And speaking of that, we had a new listener email us, um, recently and he, Kevin is his name. And he asked, hi he said Kevin. He, hi Kevin. <laughs> he asked if, um, we had mentioned in, in our psychic, psychic solving crimes episode that we, we, we like referenced the Bigfoot episode mm-hmm. and he said he looked in our catalog and he couldn't find it. Had he missed it, he wanted to hear it, and we never mentioned this on one of our episodes, but when we first started this podcast, our audio was not the best, so we decided to take some of the lower-quality episodes off, and we are planning to revisit those in the future.
1: I mean, as bad as it might be right now on Skype, (laughs) the sound quality on some of those were... It's pretty rough, it but we definitely will revisit those topics, especially Bigfoot, for sure. We loved that episode, and we were pretty sad that this, the sound was so poor. But now maybe we have a new angle to come out to look at Bigfoot, because maybe now you can just walk around where you live and just try to find Bigfoot and aliens and ghosts all at the same time. Can we strap cameras to your body? <laughs> How many cameras can you wear? A boob, two boob cams, Um head cam.
0: I'm thinking like 25.
1: 25
0: cameras?
1: Yeah. that's That sounds like athleisure at its best. Let's, let's
0: cover all of our bases. <laughs> we'll just make a fully equipped GoPro spandex suit.
1: I think that's what you need to capture a ghost. I don't know how many times I've watched a show where they see it and then the cameraman turns and it's gone.
0: Do you remember where we were? Well, I remember that I, my, my computer died. So (laughs) that's the last thing I remember. So we are back in action and that's showbiz for you people.
1: That's showbiz baby.
0: (laughs) So that was our, that was our um, Northern California. One of the haunted places in Northern California, there's many more and we plan to cover many more.
1: Especially Uh, when we can go there and explore them in person.
0: Yes, I I think that would be really cool. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody. Definitely. I um, checked our stats after a while of not checking them. And we have a ton of listeners from all over the world. Um, not, Not just in Northern California, not just in California, not just in the United States. We have listeners from all over the world at this point. So if you are listening and you are in California, you're in another state in the United States, if you're somewhere out there in the world, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it.
1: We appreciate it so, so much. If you like what you hear, feel free to leave us a review or reach out to us on email or Twitter or Instagram. Tell a friend about our podcast that is really the biggest compliment we can get, right? Seriously, that is is truly
0: the biggest compliment. If you say, hey, I like this podcast, I think you'd like it. You should really listen. It's good.
1: And uh, take care of yourselves out there. We hope that everybody that is listening and everybody who's not listening has everything that they need and is staying healthy and is doing the best that they can.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing the best that I can. I mean, I'm full on homeschooling my children. And Same. I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I, I have never appreciated my kids' teachers more than <laughs> this. I just don't know how I'm going to um, homeschool my children and be a full-on day drinker.
1: I just, I watch Bad Teacher and I just try to draw inspiration from Cameron Diaz's character <laughs> where she's constantly either hungover, or drunk, or high. That's what I strive for in my life. Yes. <laughs> All jokes aside, it is tough Uh, homeschooling and trying to explain the situation to your kids that are having a hard time dealing with it. It's hard as an adult, so for the kids that are trying to understand what's happening, it's a lot for them, and I honestly just hope that things get better before they get worse. Mm-hmm. I just hope everybody's doing okay, doing the best yeah. that they can, really.
0: Yeah, I hope that they're, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, I hope they're doing the best that they can adjusting to this new normal that we're living. Um, it, it's been an adjustment to say the least. So anyways, enough about COVID-19. They've had enough of the spotlight. It yep. has had enough of the spotlight. So I think that's a good, good place to end it. And I just want to end the episode with a little reminder to love yourself, lock your doors, and light some sage. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I mean, in in full transparency, (laughs) Tiffany just cheers herself.
1: Everybody cheers yourself. You deserve (laughs) it. (laughs)